Welcome to r slash pro revenge where a thief gets his entire wardrobe destroyed. This happened when I was in college back in 2011. I lived in a four story dorm that was all guys, about 40 to 60 guys per floor. Each floor had one laundry room with three washers and three dryers plus cubbies to store your laundry bag and soap while you were washing. A few months into the semester, I noticed my laundry detergent was disappearing faster than it should be. Not a huge deal, but mildly annoying. What made it a bigger deal was that whoever was stealing my detergent would also take my clothes out of the washer and leave them on the floor so they could wash their clothes. This pushed me over the line. I would typically do a load while I went to class, not classes, so this made finding the perp tricky. Then a golden idea hit me. I went to Walmart and bought a new jug of laundry detergent. The same brand I always get, but I also bought extra strength bleach. I poured half the detergent from the new bottle into my old bottle and replaced it with the extra strength bleach. The next day, I did my laundry as usual, but left the new and improved detergent in the cubby instead of my regular stuff. Then I waited. After class, sure enough, my clothes were sitting in a pile on the floor, soaking wet. And the whole laundry room smelled of bleach. Just what I wanted. Fast forward to the next week. Every Monday night, we had floor meetings where we basically talked about rules and stuff on the floor. In walks the guy, we'll call him Bob, wearing a newly bleached hoodie and ruined jeans. Bob drops his pile of ruined clothes on the floor and starts spouting off about how someone owed him money for his ruined clothes. The whole floor bursts out in laughter. Apparently, I wasn't the only one Bob was stealing soap from. He didn't get another sentence out of his mouth before our RA told him stealing detergent was still a crime, so it was his own fault. Enjoy your bleach clothes, Bob. And then Miltown down in the comments has a similar story. A sucky apartment I lived in back in the early 2000s had storage units and laundry in the basement. One day, I was rummaging around in my storage unit when I saw a neighbor girl come down and put her load of clothes in the dryer, put in some coins, and leave. A little bit later, another scumbag neighbor comes down. He stopped the dryer cycle, took her clothes out, and threw them on the ground. Then, took his stuff out of another washing machine and stuck it in the dryer the girl had just paid for, and then he left. Well, this calls for a little vigilante justice. I had a few bottles of liquid butt prank spray. If you've ever experienced it, you know that just a little tiny squirt can clear a room. I went and dumped an entire bottle all over his clothes, then restarted the dryer cycle so that it could get well and truly baked in. I went down and checked the basement a few hours later, and the guy's clothes were piled in the trash, reeking like a pit toilet. The dryer stunk too still, so I put a buck in and let it run empty. It aired out fine, so no one else had to suffer. Our next Reddit post is from DStriker. So most users of computers will probably have some experience with this. You know when you're online shopping and sometimes a box pops up and says, click this, promo code, sign up, yada yada. Well, we know they're scams. My mistake, I first clicked the wrong X. They put a fake one on the top and I clicked it. I immediately shut the page and thought that was the end of it. Nope. So the site I bought the Hanukkah gift I was getting for my mother sold my credit card information to the pop-up. 
I activated that when I clicked the wrong X. I was a teenager, relatively new to my checking account. I checked my statement for December and all was well. I didn't check for the next couple months because I didn't use it for anything. There should be no charges. I know better now. When I did check, I noticed all these small insignificant charges that weren't mine. All less than $10 and usually around 2 bucks. But the multiple charges added up to just over $200. When I looked into this, I found the connection. I called the thieving company and told them they stole my information and are illegally charging my card. They didn't deny it, but they also didn't care. I wanted my money back. They refused repeatedly. I gave them so many chances to fix everything with just that. I eventually warned them that I would have to sue if they didn't give back what they stole. They laughed. Turns out, there was a class action lawsuit in progress, which my lawyer used as leverage for a quick payout. We sued for fraud and violation of federal communication laws. What they're doing is very illegal and happens every day. This included a lot of popular stores and websites. Since they were 100% in the wrong and committed a crime and I was a child who bought her mother a gift, I won the case. I received a judgment of $21,000. I told them it would all go away by just refunding my 200 bucks, but they refused. They seemed to think a teenager threatening to sue a massive corporation that does nothing but break the law wasn't much of a threat. What they should have noticed, I was buying a Hanukkah gift. Hanukkah. Everyone I know is a lawyer. And then down in the comments, OP went on to clarify that her mom is an excellent lawyer and she's the one who sued the company. So basically the Hanukkah gift was, hey mom, here's a Hanukkah gift and a case worth $21,000. Love you so much, mom. But in all seriousness, digital security is no joke, which is why today's sponsor is Dashlane. As a YouTuber, I take password security super seriously. If a hacker got my YouTube password, they could delete my entire channel, and that would basically be like getting fired from my job. So that's why I use Dashlane to protect my YouTube, Gmail, and all other passwords. Dashlane keeps all of your passwords secure and even notifies you if any website has experienced a data breach. And with more than 50,000 five-star reviews, you know they're reliable. My favorite feature is that there's a two-step checkout process, so buying stuff online is super easy. And the best part, you can try Dashlane for free on your device by heading to dashlane.com slash r slash. Then, if you want to upgrade to premium, use the code r slash to get 10% off. Our next Reddit post is from PME or Moogles. My ex-husband, Brian, was and is a toxic, controlling narcissist. Classic case. Our divorce was very bitter, but I tried to be fair, splitting custody and giving him decision-making authority under the assumption that he would be a better father than he was a husband. Things went well for about a year. I got a new boyfriend who was great to both me and my kids and wanted to be involved in their life. When Brian found out my new boyfriend, Tom, was going to be attending my kids' fall festival at school, he went off the deep end. He abruptly decided he wasn't going to watch the kids while I worked anymore. He also refused to let my friends or family watch the kids and said he had to meet them first, but then would refuse to do so and claimed he would sue me for going against the custody agreement since he had decision-making authority. If I got a babysitter, he didn't approve. 
I lost two days at work scrambling to find any place available, which was difficult because of the school's location they attend. He began asking the kids to call him every night, which is fine, but if we were eating or busy doing something and I told him it would have to be later when they call, he would rage and threaten to sue me. He began asking me at all times where I was with the kids. One day, I went into work for three hours to clean up some things I missed due to a storm. I left the kids with Tom since waking them up at 4.30am seemed needless. When Brian found out, he raged and threatened to sue me. He threatened to apply for child support even though we split custody. He raged about every little thing. He didn't bring the kids to the Christmas school play because he knew Tom would be there. He fought me over medical appointments for the kids and refused to pay his share because he didn't agree to the appointment and, of course, would sue me. He wouldn't let me have the kids during his time, even to let them attend birthday parties or sleepovers with friends or family, something we had been doing for each other with no issue. This went on for about two months before I snapped. I hate when parents are willing to hurt their kids over their own egos. He kept threatening to take me to court, and I was fed up with the empty threat. So, first, I wanted to make sure he couldn't afford to fight me in court. Brian was on food stamps. I knew this only because he was claiming to pay his ex-wife rent. She still owns half the house and he still owed her half the value. I sent his ex-wife a message asking her if she was getting rent from him and she said no. I sent that letter to DCF and they closed his food stamp card and sued him for fraud. Then his ex-wife turned around and sued him for her value of the house since he was claiming to have been paying her all along. Then, I sued him to modify the custody agreement and take out all the things he was using to try and harass me. I had screenshots of every nasty thing he sent me. I had a letter typed by his lawyer stating he was looking for another job since I wasn't paying him and that's why he couldn't watch the kids. So, if he tried to get child support, I could prove he was capable of finding more income. I had medical records and receipts showing I had paid for everything for the last year for the kids' health needs. I had records of things he said to the kids about me. I had pictures of them looking filthy when picking them up from his house. I had receipts of everything I'd spent on the kids for the past year. He folded pretty quickly, can't harass me anymore, and is still paying off his first ex-wife. Our next Reddit post is from the Showstopper. So, Friday the 13th happened. It was glorious for all intents and purposes. I run day-to-day -day operations for a decent-sized company. We have a president who runs the company in-house. He can be tedious, overwhelming, and an all-around dick sometimes. Other times, he can be cool as can be. This was one of those times he was an overbearing, micromanaging dickbag. As shop foreman, I take my job seriously with morale. If my guys aren't happy, good product isn't produced. If good product isn't produced, customers aren't happy. Looking towards quality control, it doesn't help when guys are overworked, underpaid, and underappreciated. Friday was one of those days that started out well, but by 6.40am, it had completely deteriorated. Note, we officially don't start work until 7am. After the start, it was complain about this, micromanage that. Several people being cussed at and belittled. Everyone had had enough. Once in our programming office, the idea was floated by someone that we should walk out. He can't fire us all. 
Now, we've all joked about this time after time, but it's never been more than a thought. We grit our teeth and bear it. That day was something different. After getting yelled at again for something out of my control, I finally said F it. When someone asked if I was in and serious, I said yes. Then it snowballed from there. A total of 20 were supposed to walk out, but due to cold feet and a few taking a dump, only 14 made it. At 10am, we made our move. I told everyone to wait until he would be distracted with the machine and we'd all clock out and leave. We all waited. When he was distracted, I gave the roundup signal and everyone left. A few stopped for beer to relax. We weren't intending on going back to negotiate until Monday. We all met at a guy's house and discussed why we walked, what we wanted, and what our terms were. One thing was very clear. We all came back or no one did. After talking for two and a half hours and coming to our terms, we decided to hit back after a text from him. We were going to corner him. We were going to talk it straight or we weren't working anymore. The talk lasted almost two hours with both parties flexing their given muscles at some point. But one thing was made clear, things were going to change or we'd all go look for new jobs. After several people were threatened with being fired and none being let go, we came to terms that benefited us. For once, our workplace had so much morale. People were excited to work again. We went back to work with a purpose, agenda, and pride. This is the first Monday I've looked forward to work in a year. Even the guys who couldn't come, the people in the main office, we stirred the pot. We've made it known we're not going to go through this anymore. I'll vouch for any of my men, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Our next Reddit post is from Vegas Dude. So, a few decades back, I was involved with a group of guys with a little money, and we wanted something substantial to invest in. We decided to buy a restaurant franchise. I won't even say what kind, as that could identify me. Well, everything was going along swimmingly until my partners backed out. I, unfortunately, was the face of the group, and my signature was on the bottom line, so I got stuck with running the place. It soon became apparent that there were a lot of inconsistencies. The big number one was that the sales in the prospectus were nowhere near what was being generated. Then there were other things. Customers calling for their regular order. Well, it turned out that my particular franchise had been used for the past several years to deal grass and various drugs. The former manager had made some serious coin and was not happy that I'd purchased his place. Well, life is not fun when you've just sunk six figures and the likelihood is that you've just flushed it down the toilet. However, I was not going to be trifled with. First, I called the accounting firm who had signed off on the prospectus. The partner in charge was taken aback. They had never signed off. I presented myself in their offices and spent the next few hours with them and their attorneys. Their name could not be associated with something fraudulent. Next, I wanted my money back and the chief franchisor told me that they would immediately put mine up for sale. But the market was not quite as high as when I bought it. Less than three months previously. Then, the prick had the audacity to demand that I pay up for my last order from the commissary. Something else to consider. I took the price list provided by the central commissary that we as franchisees were compelled to use. Buying fruits, vegetables, cheese, and meats from outside the system would be accompanied by fines from the franchisor. 
I march myself back to the accounting firm and ask for a bit of analysis. Turns out commissary prices were from 10 to 300% higher than market. In other words, the franchiser was not interested in foods, they were interested in turning around franchises. Well, that little report found its way into the hands of 20 local franchisees. Suddenly, the central commissary was not being used. The district manager starts showing up writing fines. Turns out, the district manager is the guy who was supplying the manager of my franchise. I have him on discarded VHS security tape selling. So, I take the tapes to the accounting firm for secure storage. Then, I go to the franchisor's offices. I lay it on the line that I have their district guys selling drugs in my restaurant. They laugh at me until I tell them that I'm the one who supplied the report to the rest of the franchisees. Oh, and by the way, we're starting an action against you. I then showed them that we had placed liens on the building they owned, their commissary, their homes, and their vehicles. I said, I have enough to put you guys in jail. So these mental giants sent me down, write up a little lease, and go get me a certified check for every dime I put into the franchise. I agree to the release. However, they do not realize that the gouging and the evidence is still in the hands of others. All they succeeded in doing was to get me off the list of owners suing them. Well, the case came to court. And who do you think was on the stand giving a complete rundown? One of them stood up in court and said, Didn't we pay you to shut up? No, you refunded me the money you stole. Now they had 19 other guys taking them apart. I heard one of the franchisers cried when they took his Porsche. His wife left him soon thereafter. So let me get this straight. This guy stood up in court in front of the judge and said, Didn't we pay you to shut up? What a moron. I had a boss one time who was such a control freak that she demanded to know specifically why I was calling out sick. Wildly illegal where I live one day. And for reference, I'm typically the guy who never gets sick, so it wasn't an attendance issue. I told her I think I had food poisoning. Turned out to be true, and actually wrote an unethical life pro tip based off this story a while back. And she kept pressing me to explain what my symptoms were and why I couldn't make it in all via text. I had finally had enough and was like, look, I'm not physically capable of working today and you are not allowed to ask me personal questions about illness and medical history. She threatened me with a write-up if I couldn't specifically explain or prove why I couldn't make it into work. This is where the pro-revenge comes in. I was about to send her something horrific that she couldn't unsee. And she wouldn't be able to do anything about it since she technically asked for it. Being that I was living in the bathroom for more than two days, this inquiry was day one and had aggressive diarrhea every 15 to 30 minutes. And the worst abdominal pain I've ever experienced. I lost my poo, har har, and took a pretty disturbing picture of me painting the bowl brown right before I flushed and sent it to her. <laughs> no joke, it looked like I power washed the inside of the toilet with feces and, <laughs> and built a turd island in the middle of the water. It honestly looked like a poop volcano had erupted and I had no idea your bowels could contain so much. 
I wrote, this is happening every 15 to 30 minutes and I haven't been able to leave the bathroom for the last six hours. Here's your proof, check the timestamp. I also sent a screen of the timestamp. I'll let you know as soon as I can if I can be in tomorrow. So after three days off, I show up for my shift, sleep deprived and sore from sleeping in my bathtub or on the floor for two and a half days. My butthole was not having any of it, but I was finally through the worst. She immediately escorts me into her office where our regional HR rep is waiting for me and we all sit down. He has paperwork in front of him and is discussing the incident with me and gets me to acknowledge what I did and that sending unprovoked and offensive content to coworkers constitutes harassment and blah blah blah. Right before he asked me to sign a final write-up, if you do something like this again, you're fired. Before signing, I asked him, did she tell you why I sent this? <laughs> he was dumbfounded and said, this isn't really excusable and basically handed me a screenshot printout of the text messages where this jerk deleted everything in the exchange in her phone. Except for me saying, sorry, but I need to take a sick day today and the picture. I laughed and handed him my phone and said, here is the full exchange. He asked me to leave and give them a few minutes. About 10 minutes later, he calls me in by myself and explained what I already knew. That she was the harasser and that she had aggressively violated privacy laws and would be dealt with. And to call him if anything like this ever happens again. I found out from one of the assistant managers that she ended up getting a final written notice and was super close to being fired. And it prevented her from getting a big promotion that she was being looked at for. So if you ever come across a dickhead boss who wants to play doctor and question your sick leave, send them diarrhea pics and they'll either shut the flip up or give you lawsuit material. I try not to cuss on this channel, but man, she really shit the bed. Our next post is from Clickety Clickety. And on this post, Clickety Clickety was shown an email conversation between his friend and a store. From Chris to Tom. Subject, cancelled orders, help! To whom this may concern. I'm inquiring personally about the new popular RPG which was recently released by Big Explosions. We have placed several orders for large quantities of this title due to high demand, and each time we placed it we received a below attached message that your order unfortunately had to be rejected. I understand this may be a glitch in your system of some sort, but I would be very appreciative if you could resolve this so we can order this title. Yours, Chris, owner of Big Down Home RPG Game Store. From Tom to Chris. Hi Chris, it's been a long time. I don't know if you remember me, but I actually grew up in hometown and frequented your store through middle school and high school. Your store and the games we played made an incredible impression on me and influenced my career path. It made me want to write and develop role-playing games, which led me to start small indie gaming company and move out here to Seattle to collaborate with other developers and develop it. You might recall back in 2016 that my new popular RPG was initially released as an indie title called New Less Popular RPG. We fronted the costs on publishing and marketing and sought out game stores in the Northwest United States to playtest our games. I, however, never forgot your kindness in those years spent in the back room of your store playing Magic the Gathering and D&D. So I took a 16-hour road trip to show up at your store and personally ask you if you would be interested in selling it on your shelves upon release. 
At the time, you told me that you only had room for big titles, and that you couldn't accept every indie RPG developer that knocks on your door. I then offered to send you free copies of the title to sell for 100% profit. Because, honestly, I just wanted to have my own RPG on the shelves in the store that was so important to my youth. But you laughed. You laughed. Laughed and told me again that you only had room for big titles. That the RPG industry was really cutthroat and that you didn't have room for even one copy of my book. Last year, in 2018, I was privileged to merge with and acquire the much larger Big Explosion Publishing and all of its titles. We are sincerely blessed to be able to share the love of RPGs internationally. And this year, we re-released my game as new popular RPG with a half million dollar marketing campaign that has been incredibly successful. In conclusion, Chris, you are free to order absolutely any title from the Big Explosion's distribution list. There are many to choose from. However, the distributor has given strict instruction not to distribute new popular RPG to your store. I'm sure there are much bigger titles that can fill your shelves. Yours most sincerely, Tom, Director of Big Explosions Gaming. OP scored a critical hit on his pro-revenge roll. Our next Reddit post is from Darcino. So, this happened during the beginning of my senior year of high school. I was balancing out football, school, and work. I worked at a convenience store chain that's only around in my region of the country, USA. I had an incompetent store manager. She was lazy, never wanted to do work, and all the store associates, including assistant manager, were always stuck cleaning up her mess. She took two-hour lunches and always thought it was appropriate to leave her shift early. For some reason, and I'll never understand why, but she didn't like me for whatever reason. A good example was her writing me for using my cell phone on the floor when it was my mother calling me asking me when to pick me up. I didn't have my license when this was going on. Or the time she gave me flack for not fully stocking the fridge. Now, she came in early in the morning, and I would usually come in at the end of her shift because I had school and football practice. Then there was night shift after me. She would come in in the morning and see the fridge not fully stocked. This is just an example of how much of an idiot she really was and how she should be giving the night shift guys write-ups for that, but no, I was her main target. Now, I'd gotten very sick one weekend and had called into work so that I couldn't come in that day. None of the managers or assistant managers were in, so the team lead took my message. Looking back at it, I should blame him more than my idiot manager. I assume he never told the managers I was out because, come the next week, I had a football game on Saturday. And I usually work on Saturdays, and when I'd gotten that job earlier that year, I gave her my football schedule so she wouldn't put me on for that day. My boss calls me Friday night telling me I need to come into work Saturday because I missed work the previous week. And no call, no show is automatic termination. I told her I did call in, but she didn't believe me. So instead of her telling me I was fired, I said I quit right there, on the phone. So I guess she didn't fire me, but I fired me. I don't know. Now, to the revenge. I already had plans to get her fired or demoted. Either one would have made me happy. Over the course of the month prior to my departure, I had taken video and pictures of how bad she had that store running. By the time I'd gotten to my shift, I'd taken pictures of filthy floors and bathrooms. Flies all around the food assembly area. 
Associates on their phone, even the manager herself playing games or whatever right on the floor. Basically showing how she kept her store a wreck during her shift and I was left to clean up the rest. I ended up sending this all the way up to our regional manager. She was banging our district manager. If I sent it to him, it would have gotten buried. And I got a response back that the situation would be handled accordingly. The district manager ended up getting fired due to incompetence and he was also under fire initially for sexual assault allegations from other store workers. And my store manager demoted all the way down to basic store associate. The icing on the cake was a year later after I quit slash got fired. I was working at a warehouse that year after I graduated making almost 20 bucks an hour. There was another one of the convenience stores right down the road from my building. I ended up going there for lunch only to see my old boss getting reamed out by that store's manager. So with the knowledge that I was making almost three times her hourly wage, store associates only made $8.35 an hour and she was still incompetent at her job. It made me quite happy. Our next Reddit post is from Scotty3Hottie. This isn't my story. It happened to my ex-classmate's dad, but it's too sweet of a story to not share. His dad is a pretty wealthy guy and owns his own construction business. My classmate always showed up in fancy clothes and cars. One day, his dad walks into a car dealership. He was interested in buying a Mercedes G-Wagon. He went inside and was ignored for almost an hour while other customers were treated. Eventually, a couple of salesmen approach dad and ask him what he's doing here. The dad starts asking about the cars. The salesmen were very dismissive and sarcastic in response to him. It's clear they aren't taking him seriously and begin to leave. Dad becomes irritated and asks what their problem was. They argue for a minute when the manager comes and tells dad to leave. Dad had just come from work and was wearing slightly dirty jeans, boots, and a t-shirt. He's also a dark-skinned individual. Both of these factors probably made him look lower class in their eyes. Little did they know. A few weeks later, Dad ends up purchasing the car at another dealership. He negotiated free car washes for life as he traded in one of his luxury cars. Apparently, he was able to go to other dealerships in the area who authorized the same thing regarding car washes. Dad ends up going to the first dealership and throws the keys on the front counter. He demanded a car wash. The same manager eventually came by to object, but Dad showed him all the paperwork. He looked a bit shocked and begrudgingly got the process started. Dad's been going back almost every day for car washes. He always cheekily smiles at all the staff members with a poo-eating grin as a greeting, especially the two salesmen. They now just hang their head in shame and walk away whenever they see him. Then the user Texas Butthole Tickler has an incredible contribution down in the comments. Retired car salesman here. Some of the highest commissions I ever made were on guys who walked in wearing work clothes or super casual gear. I helped a guy fix his tire on the way home one night and bought him a beer after. Had a work truck and no heavy jack like I carry in my own truck, so it made sense to stop and help. It ended up he was the owner of a massive construction firm and he came by one day 10 or so years ago and I can say I sold his company and him easily 100 trucks and cars in the time before I retired. Paid me very well. Never judge. And then the user Zombiefish added, Yes, I sold Dodge and Chrysler back in the early 2000s to hone my sales skills. 
I finished up a deal and saw a guy on the lot not being helped, so I went out to greet him. He looked scruffy and dirty. I had to apologize that nobody helped him, but played it off like everyone was busy. I ended up selling him three new cars. A new Dodge truck, a Chrysler 300, and a PT Cruiser. The man looked homeless. Come to find out, he owned a huge cattle ranch in western Kansas. I got premium commissions, and the guy tipped me a $100 bill because I stayed after hours to close the deal. Him, his wife, and daughter all drove home in new cars that day. Our next Reddit post is from Tis Only Moi. My friend and I rode our bikes into town. There were only a few designated areas for bikes. A car was parked in the middle of the clearly marked bike bay, only two spaces available, one at the front and at the back. We put our bikes in those two spaces. On the way to the shop, we spotted a traffic warden, told her about the car, and she put a ticket on it. Ten minutes later, we return to our bikes. The driver is waiting by her car. She starts yelling at us about how petty we were for blocking her in. We ignore her. I say to my friend, I'm thirsty, I need a coffee. As we're talking, she's still ranting. Traffic warden number two writes her a ticket. We go off for a coffee. 20 minutes later, again, we return to our bikes. By now, she is red in the face, angry. She starts screaming in our faces about how she could just run over our bikes. My friend, who is only five foot five inches, started talking to her calmly. That would be a mistake. If anything happens to our bikes, we would know it was you. You've already got two tickets. She cut him off. She rang the police claiming that two big bikers were threatening her. Her, a lone female. The police arrived within minutes and in numbers. They separated us, heard our version of events, the truth. One of the police officers spoke to us loud enough for her to hear. You lads have had some stress. I don't want either of you riding your bikes. Go for a walk, grab a coffee. Meanwhile, another police officer is giving her a ticket. 40 minutes later, we return to our bikes just in time to see traffic warden number two issuing another ticket. No idea where she was. Only went to town to buy some paint, meant to be only five minutes. She ended up with four fixed penalty tickets. And legend has it that that lady is still getting tickets to this day. That was r slash pro revenge, and this is r slash puppy bloopers. Dog, what are you doing? What are you chewing? What do you have? What is that? What do you have? <laughs> Dog, you, you, you're such a jerk. <laughs> I'm not gonna chase you for it. Did you swallow that thing? Dog, honest to God. You dumb dog. <sighs> you killing a shoe? Teach that shoe a lesson. <laughs>